everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. Tonight's show is a classic tale of horror called The Thing on the Forble Board. Joining me to introduce it is one of the stars of New Frequency and one of our producers, the wonderful Biz Urban. Hello, I'm so happy to be back. Yay! So... You know, we should set this up a little bit because we're about six months into doing our podcast here in 2016. I prided myself on New Frequency always being new, modern radio drama. That was what the inspiration was for creating it. But every now and then we would dive into a piece from the past and do a recreation in, I guess, the way only New Frequency can. And that is this particular piece. We went back to do an old Quiet Please episode called The Thing on the Forble Board. So I thought it would be fun about halfway through the podcast to show us doing a recreation of a classic. So you and I come from a love of old radio drama. So I'd love to hear you talk about how, how did you sort of find that passion? Because I know you and I have talked about it many times and used to listen to radio, used to listen to radio drama all the time, not just New Frequency, but other stuff. Incessantly. Yes. Um, the Sirius XM uh, radio classics is one of my favorite <laughs> yes. channels. I'm on it, it all is. the time. It's awesome. Um, I grew up on radio drama. Uh, when I was a child, I was a very big fan of Sherlock Holmes. And that's oh, what kind yeah. of got me into radio drama because mm-hmm. I discovered that prior to television, there was this entire world dedicated <laughs> to just tickling your ears. Right. Storytelling. Storytelling. And, and Sherlock Holmes was what got me into it. And then I also discovered, speaking of like new frequency mm-hmm. and new radio drama, there was for years in my childhood this wonderful company called Cape Cod Mystery Theater. Right. And they did one of the most haunting episodes I've ever heard called The Caller on Line One. <laughs> and yeah. that, as we've spoken before in the last episode, mm-hmm. major horror fan, I like to get scared. And that one scared me to the bone, which is why. When I went to a new frequency show, <laughs> and Gil Glasgow did the thing on the Forble board, right. which I didn't realize was just such an iconic episode. It is. It's one of one of the most famous oh quiet pleas ever done. And Willis Cooper, I yes, to be honest, did not know who he was. Did not know about Quiet Please. Did mm. not know about Lights Out. And that opened up a whole new thing for me because yeah. the thing on the Forble board is going to scare the pants off of you. Yeah, you it's a really, it. it's a really, really scary one. And I think that one of the reasons why I picked it was because it was so weirdly bizarre and out there. I can imagine it was ahead of its time, even when it was being done in the yeah. 40s or 50s, whenever this one originally aired. And I just thought it would be, you know, a great piece for us to tackle. And I know, remember, in, in putting it together, the production side of it, I did very much like kind of those old radio dramas. I kept our, I I kept our production very minimal. There's like almost no music in it. Uh, kind of some minimal sound effects all done on stage. Nothing was like pre-recorded except for maybe like a little surprise you'll hear like near the end. Um, sure. But we really tried to kind of stick to that to that great old you know style. And then Gil just comes in and crushes it with the He's character of, of Porky in it, right? Porky. You know, Porky. <laughs> you'll see Gil just comes in and kills the thing on the four board. He's, he's introduced many episodes with me and is the star of so many of our pieces. But this is really a chance for me just to thank him for all the work and inspiration he he put into New Frequency over the years and in this one man he just really crushed it he shines in this one yeah this is, uh, he, you know he what I love about this episode too is that you the listener are really part of it he's telling right. the story to you the listener yeah so. he's telling you 
it's like I have pretty, something I have something to tell you I about this, this about this deep dark thing he finds in the bowels of the earth. You know, this also too. This is a great one, and Gil and I have actually talked about this over the years. Um, this has one of my single favorite acting moments we ever did in any of our shows for all the years, and it's <laughs> the scene it? where Gil, <laughs> as the character of Porky in it, and me in the scene with him, were like workers on 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 a, on a, on a work dock, and we're eating. <laughs> And it's, it was such a fun scene to do. It really doesn't forward the plot at all, but there's just a great scene where we're oh kind of like the pork eating. Sounds the pork sounds so delicious. It's the pork shop. We're eating pork chops and everything. And we love doing that so much, and I always reference that as like one of my favorite things we ever did was just this random scene where Gil and I are eating pork chops during the whole scene. And just doing our mouths, you know, kind of like this the whole time. It was I mean, so eating fun. acting is really yeah, a skill. Yeah, it was great. It was it definitely I, was. I thought it. I thought it was when you first enter. This isn't giving anything away, but when you first <laughs> enter, my favorite thing is when your first line, "Hiya, Porky." Hiya, Porky. <laughs> you do it better it than I do. So great. It was so fun. It's such. It's such a wonderful little world Absolutely. that gets created. Absolutely. Please enjoy this one from us, but also go back and check out some some radio classics. If you if you don't have SiriusXM in that channel, you can find them online. Go go check out some. There's all these were the type of stories that inspired me to want to create this show in the first place and do radio drama with a modern twist, which we've been able to do successfully for so many years. But we're really just standing on the shoulders of great pieces like the one you're about to hear. So, Biz, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. All right, you guys enjoy this one at home. It is called The Thing on the Forble Board. New frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful production. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. Calling all freaks. No. And now the New Frequency program is pleased to present a classic tale of suspense from the past. Quiet Please was one of radio's most imaginative series. It reigned over the mutual broadcasting system airwaves from 1947 to 1949. One of its classic tales was that of an oil rig worker who wonders about what lurks in the deep, dark places of the earth. He finds his answer, and now he invites you to listen to The Thing on the Forble Board by Willis Cooper. I'm a roughneck. Well, I was a roughneck, I mean, 20 years ago. I'm a little too old and too slow now. Besides, I got a dollar or two. I don't have to be a roughneck anymore, you see. Yeah, I'm married here, got a nice house. Oh, you have to meet my wife. But sit down, sit down. Yeah, I was saying I was a roughneck, but uh, now nah, that doesn't exactly mean what you think it does. A roughneck's an oil field worker, specifically a guy on a drilling rig. Call him roughnecks like you call a section hand on a railroad, a gandy dancer, or a garage mechanic, a grease monkey, you know? But same time, you work around a drilling crew for a while, you're gonna be a roughneck in every sense of the word, boy. The Derrick floor, the foible board's no place for a guy with a bow tie when you have to fool around with drilling holes that go further down the ground than it is from the top of Pikes Peak down to sea level. Yeah, yeah, sure we do. Time I was a roughneck, we got this one well down 7,313 feet, that's a record. 
But last May, Pure Oil, they brought one in out in Toronto Valley, Wyoming at 14,309 feet. That, friend, is almost three miles. It's quite a hole, huh? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't think there's an oil man in the world that don't wonder one time what's down there, except for rock, oil, and gas. Oil that's made out of trees that died 20 million years ago. Oil that's made out of dinosaur bones. Oil that's maybe made out of the flesh and blood of men. Maybe beat each other to death with a stone axe and ate saber-toothed tiger for lunch, eh? <laughs> Yeah, you get to wondering. You know, you look at the cores that come up from down there, and sometimes there's these little shells, trilobites mostly, that was alive when Manhattan Island, where New York is, was under a half a mile of ice. But we found something once, me and Billy Grunwald, and something found us. I'll tell you about it. We'd been coring just before. Oh, uh, you see, uh, uh, core drills hollow. And so as it digs down, it uh, stuffs the drilling up inside. So when you pull it out, yeah, well, you got a sample of the kind of stuff you're going through. And a geologist, he can tell a lot from that. So there's nobody on the rig that night except for me, because the rest of the crew had gone into town. I was toasting some pork chops over the porch for myself when I heard a car pulling up. <laughs> and look out. It's Billy Grunewald, the geologist. I give him a hello. Hey, Billy! Hey, Billy, come on up here and have a pork chop. Hiya, Porky! Where's everybody? Ah, they all went into town. I'm the whole crew. Right, three blowouts between here and Oxnard. Yeah, I was wondering where you was. Ted said you'd be here by three. Yeah, I would have, except for my tough luck. Oh, I'm dead. Are you hungry? Starved. Well, here, here, I got six... No, wait a minute, I heard seven pork chops and bread. And some coffee, well, kind of. Ah, oh, swell. Hey, I got a bottle in the car. Yeah? We'll have a banquet. <laughs> hey, where's that core? That's what I came up here to look at. Oh, it's, it's back over there on the bench. Why don't you look at it after supper? Hey. What? Didn't you say you were here all alone? Huh? <sighs> Thought I heard somebody talking. No, I don't see anybody. Oh, hey, uh, keep your eye on that pork chop there. You won't have any supper. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it. Hey, let me put the uh, coffee on here. Like so. So when you finish cementing? Ah, this morning. Last tower only made 10 feet or so, so Ted shut down before we got flooded out of house and home. You know what's funny about that water? Yeah, how? There oughtn't to be any at that level, according to my figuring. Well, there is. Is it salt? Yeah, sure. It's right out of the bottom of the ocean. That's funny. Well, maybe I'll be able to tell something from the core. Yeah, I hope so. Last core I looked at, I would have sworn we were getting into shale. Well, I ain't seen none yet from the cuttings. That's funny. Yeah, hey, here, your pork chop done there. Hey, why don't you take some bread? Oh, yeah, thanks. Mmm, oh, man. Is that good, huh? Mmm, mmm, mm. <laughs> put another one on there. I already had two for you. Come. Yeah, much obliged. Yeah. You know, you can never tell what's down there. You get it all mapped and plotted out, all the strata, and all you know is what comes out of the hole. Yeah. I'd like to go down there sometime, if I was little enough. <laughs> <laughs> Never get you down a hole. Yeah, well, you'd fit. You're skinny. Well, I'll stay up here and look at the cores, bud. <laughs> hey, where is that one? Oh, it's behind you. It's over there. Uh, oh, well, I'll just have a look at it. Oh, hey, why don't you wait till you finish your supper? I'm just going to look at it. Put on another pork chop for me. Okay. Wait, wait. I wish those screech owls would keep... What's the matter? Hey, hey, wait a minute, Porky. What, what? Listen. What's eating you? You know, I'd have sworn there was somebody up on that forbo board. Nah, you're crazy. There's nobody up Standing there. Standing against those stands of drill pipes. Ah, they're just rat crooked. One of them probably slipped. Come on back down here and eat your pork chop. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Only I... Hey, hey, Billy, what are you so jittery about? Man, eat your sandwich. Oh, thanks, yeah. Porky. I, I don't know. I'm just naturally that way, I guess. I'm always scared of the dark. Doggone it, I hate being a baby about it, but I can't help scared it. Scared of the dark? Honest? Stupid, ain't it? Well, no, I don't know. I mean, everybody's scared of something. Me? Spiders scare the tar out of me. Black widows? Oh, <laughs> Well, I know how you feel, Billy. Hey, is there another light around here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one over there. Here. Oh, that's better. Hey, listen up, Porky. Huh? Why don't you go out to the car and look in the left-hand door pocket and bring back that bottle, will you? That's what I need. Yeah, okay, kid. Okay. So I picked up the flashlight. I turned around. I went outside, found the car, and got the bottle. Then I looked up, and the floor of the derrick was all lit up, and... And then I saw a beam of light suddenly flash up to the formal board. <laughs> I laughed. Billy Grunewald and his ideas. Oh, sure, I looked up, but there wasn't a damn thing up there except the drill pipe wrapped against the formal board. Oh, a formal board? Oh, well, you've seen all Derricks or pictures of them, right? You know that little platform that runs around the outside of the, the Derrick about halfway up? Hey, that's the formal board. See, drill pipe comes in links, and you got to handle them with several links screwed together. So, you know, save time getting them in and out of the hole. Two links a double, three's a treble, four's a forble. Well, there wasn't anybody up on the forble board, except a screech owl, and he flew off. So Billy turned the light off, and I came on inside. And just as I came up the steps, he let out a yell. Yikes! Whoa, 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 what's the matter? What's the matter, Billy? Hey, hey, come here, come here, look, look what, here. What, what is it? What? Look, Porky. What, what? Where'd you find that? Now listen, Porky, I give you my word. That was embedded in the core. Why, it couldn't be. I tell you, it was. Now look where I dug it out. And you know what? That rock there, it comes from a mile underground, and it's been a mile underground for a million years. Oh, man, look at this. And I did look, and he was holding a gold ring. And it was all carved and filigree, just like jewelry. And there wasn't any kidding about it. It was real. No, 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 wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I ain't done yet. I poked at the core of the rock that uh, looked like some kind of petrified salami or something. And then it was my turn to pretty much jump out of my pants. Because alongside the place where Billy dug out that ring, there was a mud-covered but very unmistakable finger. I picked it up. It was cold. It was heavy. And it was solid rock. Well, I mean, it felt like rock. I looked at Billy, and Billy looked at me. And then he started to rub the mud off this, this, this stone finger. And as he rubbed it, it began to disappear. No, he, he said he could still feel it, but, but when the mud was gone, neither one of us could see it. And then he dropped it to the derrick floor. It went clunk. We couldn't find it anyplace. So you know what we'd done? We took that bottle. We took it and finished it, Billy and me. We finished it in one slug apiece, and it was a full pint of bathtub gin that tasted just like so much well water to me. Then we sat down on the derrick floor, and we just looked at each other. We didn't say a word. My eyes started to get heavier and heavier. Last thing I remember, I, I heard some kind of noise that seemed to be coming from way up there on the, the forward board, 80 feet up. And I shut my eyes for a minute, and, well, I, I, I guess I went to sleep. And I had awful dreams. 
black widow spiders crawling all over me with gold rings on their legs. Things I could hear, but I couldn't see. Up on the floorboard, Billy Grunewald climbing up the ladder outside the derrick in the moonlight. Faces looking at me, but I, I couldn't figure out who they were. And then I was awaked by a horrible scream and a crash that shook the whole derrick. And I opened my eyes to see Billy Grunewald lying there on the floor two feet away with a broken neck. With a broken neck. And with his left hand, see, he'd put that gold ring on his little finger of his left hand. And when his arms were all spread out, you could see that his left hand and his finger and the ring were gone. Well, friend, I got out of there. I ran down to where Billy left his car. I got in and I stepped on the starter. Then I couldn't get it to go. So I just sat there in the car and I shivered all by myself till daylight. Then Ted uh, and the crew came. Afterwards, a state cop. And everybody in the world is asking me questions. Did you and Billy have a fight, Porky? I told you we didn't, Ted. But you had been drinking. We'd only had a little pint, Ted. Uh, what was he doing up on the formal board? Did you threaten him? Did he run up there to get away from you? Listen, cop, don't be a chump. Billy Grunall and I were friends. Then why'd you push him off the forable board? I didn't, I tell you. I wasn't up there. What did he go up there for? I don't know. I was asleep. How do you know he was up there? I didn't say he was. You did. Besides, how'd he break his neck if he didn't fall from way up there? Well, look, officer, I think it was just another accident. I mean, we haven't got anything to go on here with Porky, and personally, I don't believe he did it. Well, it's mighty mysterious. So it is, but we got work to do. Now, how about it? That cement's hard down there, and I want to start drilling again, and I'm short-handed. Will you let Porky stay here till I run in my pipe again, and why don't you can take him and ask him questions till you're blue in the face? Well, okay. Good, let's get rolling. You got steel up, Happy? All right, Porky. You go up on the formal board. What? No, not me, Ted. Ah, don't be such a boob. There's nobody up there to shove you overboard. Hey, you can put a safety line around yourself if you want to. And besides, you're getting paid to do what you're told. I've lost too much time already. Come on, get going. So, okay, I go up on the formal board. But you can bet I took a good gander around before I did anything else. I, I, I couldn't see a thing. So I, I signaled to the driller to let down the traveling block. He did. Came sailing right down from above. And I was just reaching out to pick up the first warble of pipe when it gave a big jerk and the cable broke. And it dropped it and it nearly pulled me off the formal board. And it landed right on top of Ted. And if you have any idea what a guy looks like with two tons of metal land on him from 80 feet up, well, you just keep those ideas to yourself. Well, that was enough. Two accidents in a row, the whole crew quit. And they weren't gonna wait around for a third. It was Ted's money that was paying off. There wasn't any more. As far as I know, the abandoned Derrick's still there. And that was 20 years ago. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you something. You know that traveling block that was right in front of my face when it broke loose? It was hanging by a steel cable, three-quarter inch steel cable. And I saw that cable break right before my eyes. Just like a piece of string when you snap it between your fingers. I could almost see the fingers. And you know what? There was something up there on the formal board with me. So a couple of days later, I, uh, I went back up there. 
You know, I don't know if there's anything in the world as desolate or as dismal or as dead-looking as an abandoned well well rig. There it stands, like a skeleton off on a deserted side road, bare yellow hills surrounding. Deadest thing you ever saw. I just sat in my car for a long time looking at it. Everything was just the way we left it. So I looked down on the floor, the smashed traveling block was there alongside the rotary table. It had a little mutter of steam coming up from the boiler, and that was all. Then I, I, I heard a tinkle of something as it hit the ground alongside me. I looked around, there, there wasn't a soul in sight. But at my feet was the gold ring that Billy Grunewald and I had found in the core of the rock that came from a mile underground and from a million years ago in time. And I heard a little sound. The sound of a kid crying, but there wasn't any kid up there. But I heard it, and it came from above me. And so I, I took out my revolver, and I loaded it carefully, and I started up the ladder, that formal board. But there wasn't anything up there, nothing I could see. And there was a voice crying, the voice of a little kid. And then there was a movement behind the, the rack of drill pipes, and I saw the pipe move, and I yelled, Hey, hey, come out of there, whoever you are! You come on out of there, I'll start shooting. And then the stand of pipes had shivered, and I thought, what can it be that can handle a heavy pipe like 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 jack straws? And then there was a crash! And the whole stand of pipe fell over, and I just got out of the way in time. And then I was alone on the formal board with a thing. I couldn't see it. I felt the platform tremble under my feet again as something moved toward me. I fired two, three shots, but nothing happened. So I started backwards. I knew it was following me, but, but I, I could only hear it mewing like a cat. It, my feet tripped over something, and I, I saw it was a big can of red lead that somebody had left out there. So without thinking, I picked it up, and I threw it at the sound, and it splashed! And there it was! And I wish, I wish... was the face of a little girl, frightened, crying with hunger and terror, hands like a human being, and a finger missing from the left hand, and a body. Oh, I'll tell you about that. You know, I told you how I'm scared of spiders. But I knew where it came from. It came up from the bowels of the earth, came riding up that drill pipe as we yanked it out of the well, came to an alien world, and it was lost. And it stood there dripping with red paint, blood red from head to foot like some horrible dream. Then it put its hand on my arm, and its hand was stone, living, moving stone. And it looked into my eyes, and it mewed like a lost kitten. 20 years ago, I've discovered many things about, about it. What it used for food, that it was deaf. It's invisible and can't see people when it's invisible. But if you sprayed it with mud or paint or grease paint, makeup, then it could see people. Believe me, I don't want to see that body. I can see that in my nightmares. But its face. I can't help wanting to see that pathetic little girl face. Like... Maybe I've fallen. It's very beautiful. When it's well made up, it's... But, but making it up, rubbing grease paint on a stone face that looks at you and smiles and makes sounds like a lost kitten, yeah, 
And I, I can disguise the body in long dresses. She can't hear very well when she's hungry, so I have to stay out of her way because I found out what she likes to eat, remember? No, 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 sit still, sit still. Sit, sit still or I'll have to shoot you! Because I want you to meet my wife. Or rather, my wife wants to meet you. Darling, darling. There she is. Come on in, dear. Signing off in three, two, one.